Welcome to the Mycelium Network Podcast, a podcast all about early stage web developers and the mentors and teachers that helped them along the way. Hey, Ryan. Welcome hey, to the Scott. Mycelium Network Podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to join you, Skulk. Yeah, pleasure's all mine. We haven't talked in way too long. I know, way so, too long. Yeah. So I know you from Mozilla. And for a long time, we worked together on the MDN Web Docs project. And uh, then you had a, a short period of time where you explored some other avenues, which we'll talk about a bit later. And then you came back to the fold and joined the, Mo the Mozillian family again. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, I think uh, since you rejoined, both of us have been heads down on a bunch of things and we're like, never really got a chance to connect again. So I thought... What better way to reconnect than record a bloody podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so I invited Thomas. you and I was so happy when you said you, you are into it. So I'm looking forward to this. Me too. It's an honor, Skulk. So to get us started, I've sat in many meetings where we've introduced ourselves, where we were both in the room and we've introduced ourselves to other people and we've shared some, some of our life's journey to people. And so therefore I know you have a really interesting story to tell. So I'm going to keep quiet and start wherever you feel like and just tell us who is Ryan Johnson, where you come from and how did you get to today? Yeah, that's a great question. <clears throat> it's especially fun talking to you about it because, you know, I know of your background, you know, in music and and really accomplished in music. And uh, I always thought that was just so cool that you, you, you've got that artistic, cultural background and then you bring that to technology because um, I can relate to that somewhat. Yeah, I um, I started off... In technology, uh, I, I, uh, I kind of, you know, it, it, I always tell people that the reason I got into um, technology was because I, I could have gone, like, I was very interested in humanities, um, writing and art and, and all that stuff. But um, I think uh, technology attracted me initially when I was young and, you know, a teenager was just uh, was because of the chance to make good money. I came from a kind of a poor family. And so, you know, that was one aspect, but also, um, I think in that, in a sense, that's kind of a <clears throat> external thing really. But from an internal point of view, I thought it was, um, a chance to kind of, uh, create some things, you know, I, I guess I was always attracted to engineering from the, <clears throat> the kind of the creative aspect of it. Um, and then also, um, I remember being really attracted to uh, computers, really from the point of view of, I had heard about artificial intelligence way back uh, then. And, um, and that intrigued me, like, how, how is it that, you know, computers think what, you know, that, what is that? What does that mean? Yeah. And, uh, and I was always intrigued by that. And I wanted to kind of get to the bottom of it. So there was a philosophical aspect to it as well. And I think that's um, probably the maybe the biggest core of who I am is maybe more I'm more attracted to philosophy and psychology and, and things like that. But technology kind of was my way to make a living um, and kind of, you know, get myself 
we, we weren't like in poverty, but we, you know, we just didn't have money as a family. Um, so I, w- I went into electrical engineering and, um, and, uh, and I, it was specifically what I, what I, I kind of focused on. I was never really into, you know, voltage and current and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I was, what I was really interested in was computers. And, um, again, because of this angle of like, you know, what is a computer and how does it, how does it, you know, what, what makes it tick? And, um, and so uh, I focused on, uh, computer hardware, but we did computer hardware and software in college. Um, and I always, I thought that was really, I was really fascinated by it. And I enjoyed, especially the, the digital systems point of view, um, Mm -hmm. And I remember in my sophomore year of college, kind of the light bulb came on and how, you know, hardware works. And that was, that was kind of cool. So anyway, that, that, so the college was electrical engineering, really a focus on computer hardware and software, mostly computer hardware. And I got out of college and I just wanted to do computer hardware. Um, and I started working for a company called Zycad. They were a little startup in uh, Minnesota. And I don't know if you remember, there was a there was a big computer company in Minnesota called Control Data, and they made these large mainframes. And um, a few of the engineers from Control Data had started this company called Zycad, and they were making this um, basically this uh, supercomputer. And wow. um, and I thought it was really kind of a cool organ. It was very small at the time, and I joined when it was very small, um, and. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, and what that, so that was fun. It was interesting. And I learned a lot about hardware systems and, you know, designing hardware systems. But I also kind of began to realize that, um, the only people that really get to do the creative work in hardware systems are just kind of at the top of the pyramid. And, um, and that started my transition. Basically, then I, I, I did that for a while. And then I, um, I think another, uh, I guess, source of discontent was I was feeling like I spent so much time studying tech and I didn't really get to explore the humanity side of my, of my personality. So I, I said, oh, I'm going to start working in, you know, uh, what we called within the hardware realm, we call the applications engineering, which is you kind of work with the customers more. Um, okay. It's very technical, but you work more with people. So mm-hmm. I did that for a while, and then eventually I just thought, I don't know if I'm, you know, I'm kind of sick of tech, and <laughs> so I started um, studying. This 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 will be crazy, but I started studying jazz guitar um, at the time, and and just thinking, you know, I'm just going to quit my job and study jazz guitar and just figure out, you know, what to do next mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, and uh, yeah. so I did. I quit my job, and uh, and then uh, crazy enough, I, I, I it's a long story, so I won't go into it. But I, I got you know I landed at this uh, Benedictine monastery out in the West mm-hmm. Coast, um, and just as a as a guest, you know, they had this kind of thing where you could just go there as a guest and mm-hmm. live there and work there for a year. Um, yeah. So I did that, and. Uh, and that was really, uh, that, that was just fun. It was a great time to just kind of, I just became a, basically a farmhand. You know, I milk cows yeah, yeah. 
I um and and just you know read books and thought and stuff like that. So it was really that it was really great, fascinating. And uh, so then I but then you know after a year of that I was like uh, you know I want to get back um, to to life and so I thought I'm going to go into psychology. So then I I got I went and got my master's degree in um, counseling psychology. And, and I just kind of had thought, I'm just, you know, I'm done with tech. I'm, I'm, you know, and it felt good, actually. I was like, I, I, you know, it felt more who I was. And, um, and I remember I finished my master's degree and working as a, you know, as a psychologist, a therapist in, uh, it's kind of hard to make a living. So I, I was faced with like, well, how do I get a job, you know? How do I make money? Um, and uh, some friends who had lived or were living in San Diego had started this little software company um, called Cabinet Solutions. You know, basically software for for people who design cabinets, kitchen cabinets. And uh, and they were just tiny, barely making a living. You know, living not near the beach in Carlsbad in San Diego. And they're like, "Hey, come out! You know, come on out!" to 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 California and work with us, you know, while you figure out what you want to do. So I, I did. I just went out there and uh, and it was kind of a shock at first, actually, because I'd given up on I hadn't, you know, followed tech or done anything in tech. Um, so I started programming in um, C, C++. Um, and it was really rough at the first. And I remember just like I, I started working with them. And then I thought, oh, I can't do this. But they talked me into it, you know. Um, so I kept going. Anyway, it's sort of fast forwarding um, more is that I, I kind of just got pulled into software. And which I liked because I, I thought software is like this space where, you know, you can be, everyone can be more creative. Um, and I think yeah. especially in this, in the world that we're in, you know, that you know mm-hmm. even better than I do, Skulk, is... Uh, you know the open source open source world we're we're in where everybody's creating these really high quality packages of software and you know and for me that I know the python world the best but you know also the javascript world of course but um it's pretty amazing you know like it, the the industry really depends on these really yeah. high quality open source packages yeah, yeah the world and, uh, runs on open source yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? So it's like, I thought that was really cool. And I still think that's really amazing, you know, that I feel like the software space is so, so, so much more creative, you know, and I, I was slow to realize that, you know, having been initially attracted to the hardware side. Um, but, um, but yeah, I was, you know, my journey from there was, um, I think my really, my first, um, I was working for a company called Boston Scientific, um, but when I joined, they were they were called Guidance. They were in Minnesota, and they were a medical device, you know, pacemaker, defibrillator manufacturer, and um, that was really a cool place to work too because you know it was just this new realm of you know medical related and uh, hardware, software, um, and I was doing kind of software related stuff that was that was. I mean, 
I was working with uh, uh, with software that was kind of related to the hardware, the quality of the hardware, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it was there that I really discovered Python through a friend. And again, I was starting to kind of get tired of technology, and uh, you know, I think that's one of the main themes of my tech path is just Python. I I love. I just fell in love with it. I just loved the language. Um, I love the ecosystem. I remember uh, Django was just coming out, you know, the, the the web framework. And, you know, I remember taking a class in Django way back then. You know, it was, I remember it was like, you know, one of the very earliest Django's, Django versions. Um, and and that just got me hooked. And I, I just, I just, you know, I remember just telling my wife, like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm only going to take, jobs that are related to Python from now on. Um, and so then I got this job at uh, Seagate, again, kind of related. They were, they were making, they were trying to make um, uh, non-volatile memory, but, but as dense, but much denser um, and mm-hmm. a research project. And I came on as sort of, you know, working with Python to help them with their testing and things like that. Wow. So I did that for a while. They, Seagate eventually closed that. And then the real, the real big break for me was um, I saw an opening at Lucasfilm in the Bay Area. And I just, oh, man, that's, you know, that would just be yeah. a dream job. And it yeah, seemed sure. so perfect, too, because they were really a heavy Python shop. So I applied and, um, and was, you know, pleasantly surprised that I got, you know, the, an interview I still remember it, just all the details of flying out there. Um, the Lucasfilm, they have several campuses, but the main campus was is right in the Presidio. It's just, it's, you know, freaking gorgeous. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I remember flying out there and, you know, it, it was just fabulous. And I hit it off with the team. So I got, so anyway, we got, I got the job and, and went out there and that really shaped me. I think more than anything other than Mozilla, you know, uh, just because mm-hmm. the team there was fantastic. Um, and uh, my manager there, Lori Janino, who's still there, a lot of this team, the, the team that I worked with, a lot of that team is still there. They were just fabulous. Lori is just probably, you know, the one of the best managers of, well, definitely one of the best managers I've ever worked with. Jeff O'Dell um, was a manager there. Uh, just great people, great technology, you know, fun space because um, we basically built Python software to help manage, you know, movie, the movie production process. Um, and so I worked all, all the time, my time there, I worked with Industrial Light and Magic. So I got to meet some, gr- you know, fascinating people, you know, that are kind of semi-famous in the in the movie industry, you know, visual effects supervisors and um and it was really, it was fabulous. And the team was, it was like one of those, one of those cases where you, I just felt like I fell into, you know, actually fell into something that was, you know, really great. Um, great team, great people, great organization, you know, fascinating work. Um, but of course, the, the downside, it was, it, it, the, the plus side and the downside is in the, it was in the Bay Area. Because the, the plus side is I love the Bay Area. I love the weather, the the, the, the location, the city. Um, 
the downside is it's so you know expensive that it's so hard to to kind of plant roots there. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, and then from there, uh, uh, you know, basically have to leave Lucasfilm just for the reasons of of uh, trying to you know buy a house. So I took a, a I left Lucasfilm and went to work. One of my friends at Lucasfilm went to work for a biotech company called Twist Bioscience. They're they're building synthetic DNA for for um, biotech research. So I went to work for them for about six months, um, and and that I would love to I love to get into some of that because I, that's another theme I wanted to talk to you about Skulk mm -hmm. um, is. Anyway, I left, I left by, uh, Twist Bioscience and, and went, came to Portland, Oregon and eventually landed at Mozilla. And to me, the, the two great places I've been at are Lucasfilm, Mozilla. And, um, and like you said, I, you know, I had my early stint at Mozilla where you and I worked together on MDN web docs and mm -hmm. then, um, went off and worked for about six months at a quantum computing place called Psyquantum, which was fascinating. Um, and then now I'm back at Mozilla and I'm so grateful to be back because Mozilla is such a special, a special place, you know, as you and I know, mm. it's a, yeah, yeah, it's a, sure. there's a lot of special people here that really care about, you know, the web and ethics and, you know, what's mm -hmm. good for humanity in, in terms of technology. So anyway, yeah, I jumped sure. all, all over the place, but um, I, I think another thing I wanted to, to touch on with you was, was I think one of the themes throughout my whole career that's kind of driven what I do is just trying to find, um, uh, I guess, a context in which to work in technology that feels humane, you know, like where the end, the ends are humane and the way we work together as a team is humane. Um, and that's been such a, you know, I'd love to talk to you about that because I, I feel like it's, that's one of the biggest challenges, I think, you know, like, I think one of the questions you had, that you had, um, you know, kind of laid out that we could talk about was just like, what are the challenges in tech? And I feel like yeah. that's, that's, to me, one of the biggest, you know, apart from the, 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 the larger challenges of, you know, all the ethical dilemmas of, 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 uh, you know, big tech and social media and, and AI and all, you know, kind of the, the, the bubbles, you know, the kind of the worldview bubbles that you get into in social media and, and that kind of stuff, which everybody, you know, has been well documented and everybody, you know, hopefully knows about that because those are huge, you know, I think world destabilizing kind of issues. Um, but apart from that, I feel like one of the biggest challenges is just, I think, uh, you know, I don't think in technology we found a way to work together. You know, like like yeah, we're building technology, but it's a social endeavor. You know, you have to get yeah, a team yeah. together. Technology is so complex that you have to build teams, and teams are groups of people. And I feel like we don't mm -hmm. yet in tech have a good feeling for um, you know, or or. I don't know how would you say this, Scott, but I feel like we don't have a good appreciation for that, how important that is. And I think mm. that's one of the things I love so much about Lucasfilm 
And my manager, Lori Janino and Jeff, my managers there, Lori Janino and Jeff Odell, is that I feel like they were just very people centered, you know, like Lori yeah, yeah. just felt like I'm going to build the team. The team is the most important thing and mm-hmm. the technology will come out of it, you know, Yeah. and the I technology will follow. And it's so rare. And I think uh, that's something I've always been thinking about and chasing, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Um, <clears throat> I think I think one of the things that that might have been uh, contributing to this is I don't know when exactly it started, but at some point, I think it might have been in, in the initial dot com bubble and burst, and then it followed on from there. It's this idea that you don't spend more than two years at a company. Like if you're longer at a company for two years, people start questioning like, what the heck? Why are you still? And I think because of that, um, you can never really build a culture because just as the culture starts forming, a bunch of people leave and new people enter. And totally agree. I think it, it, so, so it's, it's good to have movement, but I think there's too much churn. Um, and so I think people get into it for the wrong reasons. But I think that is why p- places like Lucasfilm, Mozilla, and hopefully what I can create um, with the company I'm building is somewhere where there's variety and where you are encouraged to come up with ideas, explore them, fail, and it's okay. Um, I think in a lot of companies, while they say failure is good and the more you fail, the more you learn – Oftentimes, you'll find that it's not really true. If you do try something that doesn't work, it's rare that they're going to celebrate that failure. Um, (laughs) There's going to be a heck of a lot of questions that's going to follow that failure. Um, And if you can't justify it, you're more often than not going to be out of a job. Um, So, you know, I think think people – I think that that's the problem is – like companies are just, and I think a lot of people just do it because for the money. And I think that's also incorrect. And I think it's got a lot to do with marketing around tech, where there's a, there's a narrative being spun that it's a way to get rich. Um, you know, get a, yes. get a job in tech and just one, two, three years yes. and you're going to be a millionaire and you can like quit and go sail a boat for the rest of your life. And sure, that happens to some folks, but those are... Those are not the rule. Those are the outliers yes. by that big thing. And I think people get keep chasing that. And that's why they keep leaving and leaving and leaving because they're chasing something that – and I don't think that you should do it for that. I think we should, like you said, have humane ends and the means should be humane so that we're building culture. We're building a group of people that believe in the product that we're building or the products that we're building. And I think open source maybe has more of this than than working at a specific company. Some you're lucky to to experience that, like Mozilla. Maybe that's why Mozilla has this theme, because it's it's largely open source. Um because uh, there's this dude, um, Ron Lanier, that he's now, I believe, still at Microsoft um, Research. And he made the point that one of the most successful social networks is GitHub. They've somehow got it right. 
And his thought around it is it's because there's a, there's a sense of ownership and there's this sense of co-creation and there's a creativity yes. there. Um, so while on social media, you send a tweet and it's ephemeral. It doesn't, it, it just goes into the void and maybe nobody sees it. Here you're creating something together that is having direct impact. Like MDN, for example, you know, we're all building it with this big community of contributors and it's, it has, it has a good feeling about it because we've heard so many times how people have told us how it's having an impact on their life. Like I was able to contribute and through that I got a job or I was able to learn yeah. because MDN's for free and now I was able to lift myself out of poverty. So, and I think when you hear things like that and you work together as a group for long enough, it starts, it starts building a relationship with everybody. And then it's much harder to, then it's really hard to leave. I think everybody that's well, left well the team in the last year or two, it was not easy. It, you know, yeah. like. Beautifully said, Skulk. I, I, you should be the subject of this podcast, Skulk. I loved everything <laughs> you said. It, it, it was, it was beautifully said, you know, and you're absolutely right. You know, the, I think you touched on one of the key things. It's just the, nobody stays, you know, any place long enough. And, mm. um, and the, the, the two exceptions in my career have been Lucasfilm and Mozilla, you know, where yeah. mm -hmm. Lucasfilm, that same group, like Lori is very protective of her group. And, and they've been together for, you know, 10, 15, you know, years now. And yeah. largely yeah. the same group is still there. And mm -hmm. they really, you know, like you said, Skulk, it's all like, you know, you want to work in a community where you feel accepted. You know, everybody wants to be accepted in a community. Of course. And, and yeah. then create something together, you know? And mm -hmm. so, yeah, you know, I, I loved everything you said. I, I, um, I could just sit back and listen to you go on because um, <laughs> I think that's so important, you know? It's so... I, and I think that's missing. You know, I feel like that's, uh, and you said it so well. I feel like, you know, some open source projects have better communities than any companies do, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, if I take um, a common month, because I, in this year, I basically changed careers from a front-end engineer to a community manager. And, um, I mean, if I if I take the number of times that we've had somebody that's been not even necessarily toxic, but just disruptive as part of this massive open-source yeah. project, one of the, what, in the top 20 open-source projects on GitHub, um, it's been, like, I can count it on a single hand. And if you, if you compare and contrast that with stuff you hear that happens inside companies, um, the way women are treated, um, the way, uh, people who are, um, non-binary people who, and, and then also crazy things like people who have, um, neurodiversity who are yeah. being treated really unfairly and they have so much to contribute if you play to their strengths. But oftentimes our world and the companies that, that run the world are not set up for these people. 
And then you lose that sense of you feel as an outsider. And then it's hard to find it's hard. Everything becomes harder. Um, cause I heard the other day, uh, I spoke to Jennifer Riggins on a different podcast and, um, she mentioned that they did some research. And if you, if you blinded, uh, people doing reviews, so you don't know the gender or anything about this pull request that you're reviewing. Um, right. More pull requests of women are accepted than men. But if you take the blinders off, wow. the opposite happens. Um, because there's also this weird thing with uh, a female will not apply for a job unless she feels she meets 100% of the job description criteria. Whereas the average yeah. man will apply if he meets only 65% of the criteria. Which is crazy because we all know job descriptions are bogus. I mean, if yeah, you can yeah, literally totally. fulfill, if you can fulfill <laughs> everything they ask for, you're a superhuman. You're a superhuman, <laughs> exactly. Because, because honestly, like I, I can't believe. I think those are what, like as we mentioned previously, like some of the the challenges in tech. I think that is still one of the biggest challenges is the interview process and how jobs are being. Um, the job descriptions that people use are just unreasonable. And it yeah. it makes it super hard for people getting into tech. So it doesn't necessarily mean people are like in their early 20s. This can be somebody in their 40s that has been doing whatever for their whole life and just decided, I want to do something else. And I decide to get into tech. That is one of the hardest things is they look at this this world and they're like, where am I going to find my place? All these people want three, four, five years experience and they want me to have experience and databases and all these things. I did a boot camp. I have some basic knowledge and I can contribute to something. But I, right. so you feel, you feel like you're running in molasses, as they say. Yes. And, yes. um, the other crazy thing about our, and hopefully this won't last too long. Uh, but because of this insane layoffs that's happened in the last six months almost, um, there's this weird counterbalance that's happened in, in the tech industry where there are thousands of highly skilled people on the job market now. And so all these new folks that got in, in, into engineering with promises of, of wealth and success now have to compete with these people for positions. And so it's making their lives really, really tough. And like me, I see that because I run this little this community and there's quite a number of people there that's exactly at this point where they're entering this market from as young folks or as people that was a lawyer for the last 10 years or, you know, whatever. And they're scared that they might have made a mistake because they're looking at right. the situation and they're like, uh-oh, I'm not so sure if I'm going to get a job. So, you know, you have to be – and and – it is tough. I'm, I I don't lie to these people. I, I told them it is tough, but don't give up because there are companies out there that value the person over just the medial labor of writing code every day that will take you in, that will give you an opportunity and allow you to grow inside the company because that's what you want, right? You want to take that person exactly. that's enthusiastic in and give them place to grow. Because you're, well, you as the company, you're gonna, wow, you're gonna 
reap the benefits of that big time. I yeah, wholeheartedly agree, Skulk. I feel like I feel like what's missing, you know, you, you know, one of the biggest. I mean, kind of the kind of riff off what you've been saying, which I I loved everything you said, is that I feel like one of the biggest challenges that I would love to, you know, be a part of the solution is one of the biggest challenges we have is to create, um, like, you know, I think you touched on like so many, almost all of tech is focused on just, you know, money, basically, you know, profit and yeah, I feel like yeah. we need a different model where obviously, you know, you have to make a living. We all have to make a living, you know? So, you know, there is that side where you, you have to bring in income, but I feel like the focus should be more on, you know, building a community, um, you know, an organization that's a community of people that really care about each other as people. And we also realize we have to make a living, you know, and, and we can use each other's talents and gifts, you know, as a community to, to make a living together and, um, and, and use tech, you know, and tech is just sort of a, a way to do that. And then, you know, I, I feel like that's so necessary. We need, we need a new model or, or I think we need new, you know, experiments, I guess, to, 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 to find new models where this would work. You know, Mozilla is kind of what is kind of one of those where, you know, it's not perfect, but it's different. You know, it's different enough where um, I think there really is some sense of community there. Um, obviously, there. You know, it, it, you know, I've seen the dark side too. But um, I, you know, in the Bay Area, it, there's just you know, it's just too much driven by money. It's just pure money, and I was shocked at how cold-hearted that is. You know, like you said, there's no sense of there is no sense of community. There is no sense of like we're doing this for each other and, and and for our customers, you know. And I feel like that's missing sometimes. It's all about how do we achieve money rather than let's build something that that's of value to our customers and of value to ourselves as a community that's making this, you know. And it's almost like we need, you know, organizations that are more like small craft, you know, craft oriented. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. you know places that that are doing this out of the love of, of of providing something for somebody, and also a love of like doing something together and creating something together and supporting each other. And obviously, I mean, it, and it, it, what what's sad is that often you talk you know you talk about this, and people roll their eyes and you know oh yeah the business world is cold and you know that's not going to fly. Yeah. But it does it yeah. will fly. You know, people do create excellent small companies, you know, whether it's bakeries or whatever. Um, and they do create successful organizations because they do focus on, hey, let's, let's serve our customers something really good, you know, something quality. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. let's also care for each other in that process. You know, like, like you and I were talking about the, the end is good and the means is good, you know, in terms of exactly. getting exactly. there. And I feel yeah. like that's... I, that's so hard to find. It's too hard to find in our industry. Mm. I think that's the biggest thing that young people face. Oh, one more thing I wanted to, sorry, there's, my brain is firing from all this stuff. Yeah, no, go you for it. You said too. Um, but one of the things I, you know, 
that's been inspiring me lately is I, I like jazz and, um, and I love in the jazz community, there's a sense of, I, I think the jazz community has such a healthy, um, there's something really healthy about it more than I've seen in other places where the, the elders of the jazz community, you know, the greats, um, they feel this responsibility to, to, to bring in the young, you know, the people that are entering jazz and, and yeah, to kind of take them under beautiful. the wing. And, 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 and then the young also feel like, you know, they, they, they need to respect the tradition, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, you yeah. know, the Coltrane's or whatever, you know, the Miles Davis and, you know, the, uh, you know, they, they need to kind of absorb what they've done and respect mm-hmm. them. Uh, but, what was interesting is that the elders, you know, the elders of the jazz community want them to, hey, you got to absorb what, where we've been, but you don't absorb it to copy us. You absorb it to take it where you want to go, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I thought that was just so beautiful, like that that balance between mm. creating something new and respecting the tradition. And I feel like a lot of that yeah. applies to any any organization or, you know, in, to, in tech, which is a creative industry. Yeah, you've got to, you know, you've got to kind of absorb the tradition. You know, you've got to look at, you know, for example, in the Python world, hey, how did Django build this framework? You know, and how, how did they, how did they, how did they go about doing this? Um, how did Django folks do this? And then look at the code, look at the way they organize themselves, look at the community they've built and, and then digest that and then say, how can we make you know, this even better? Where can we take it from there? Um, I think that's just so cool about jazz. And, and I feel like that's not, oh, you know, it's not really there in the tech community. There isn't a sense of like. Yeah, it's unfortunate, right? I mean, because I totally get what you're saying. And I think a lot of the craft industries are, are getting it right. And I'm here, it's like, you know, insert whatever product, like craft coffee, craft bakeries, craft beer, craft teas. All these things, I think it, yeah. it. What I've seen in a lot of these places, when I when I look at their the way they share what they've accomplished, I always celebrate each and every person that's there. And I think yes. being yes. smaller net helps there. Like there's a point where you get too big, um, which is something yeah. that I'm very very conscious of. Is I think there's some point where you have to ask yourself the question of. How much is enough? Because I think some people have forgotten to ask that question. Um, and there's some people in this world that have more than is really fair. Um, so you have to ask yourself the question of when is it, when do I, when do I have enough? Because there, there is a saturation yes. point, uh, for all of us. And it might differ from one person to, to the other, but I think it's, it kind of tops out at a certain, at a certain point. Um, and then how big is big enough if you're, if you're creating a company? And I think there it also differs, but I think there's also, again, there's saturation point. I think as soon as you lose touch with the people, you're getting too big. As soon as, as soon as talk. the people aspect starts getting lost in process and, and, um, I don't know, policy, you're, you probably should start looking at, at the bigger picture and ask, are we getting too big? Should we slow down? And most likely the answer is going to be yes. 
because the, the big the other big thing that I see in those like things is the sense of community and what do you want in a community you want everybody to succeed there's yes. no community well formed around the idea that I want to push you down so that I can be on top that is not what a community is about when you're in a community you want to lift everybody up so if somebody in the community is struggling you're going to say how can we help so you will naturally it's almost like it's almost crazy that it's not it's not we're not doing it this way because it it seems to me it's a better recipe for success than focusing on material wealth because there you quickly get Beautiful to the doggy dog Scott, world I love that I think you get to yes. the doggy dog world very quickly and that and then it gets toxic whereas if you're in this community thing everybody is there to make sure that everybody succeeds and whatever success means for you. Um, but it's important that you understand what success means to somebody else so that you can support them in that journey. And they will naturally do it back because that's how karma works. That's how, that's how yes. we as human beings yeah. work. You know, if you, if, if, if I feel that you have my best at, um, in your head, <laughs> then I will do the same for you. But if I feel attacked yeah, by you, yeah. then I might naturally attack back because our little lizard brain yes. will kick in and say, danger, we need to either <laughs> run or we need to fight back. Yes. Um, and I think you know that while having studied psychology. Um, so that is actually quite, a, quite an interesting I, inflection point there. Like how does, it, how does that knowledge you gained studying counseling psychology, like that, does it, do you find it, Useful that you know that in the tech world, does it help you I deal really with do. some things? I mean, I, I think you've already set, touched on a lot of it. It's called you said it so beautifully. Really, is um, I think you know technology is. I, I think people people you know technology is, is is the people in tech are too focused on the tech, you know. And they're not focused enough on the community, you know. Uh, they're not focused enough on on that that you we can't do any you know we can't build anything of value unless we do it together, you know, with a community of people. And yeah. it's too yeah. often focused on like who who's the best, you know, who, who's the best. They get all the spoils, and 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 you know who. It, it isn't like hey, we did this together. It's just like. Oh, you know, like Tesla is Elon Musk. No, it's not Elon Musk. It's like a whole group of people creating mm, something, sure. you know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, and I, I feel like that's what psychology, you know, is, is the study of that is, is helped in the sense of is you see the complexity of doing something together as a community of people. And, you know, people have different motivations. They have different you know, interests and different talents. And, and that is to me so fascinating. It's just, you know, during that stint when I was managing the engineering team at MDN Webbox, I loved it from that point of view. Just like, you know, I would love to be, uh, I think management interests me just from that point of view. Like, how do you build a community and, and, yeah, um, yeah have people feel like they're doing what they want to do and contributing in in a way that, you know, appeals to their strengths. So yeah, I think that's the yeah. side of psychology that's really, 
um, I think it's really fits in the tech world. And I feel like we need more of that, you know, we need more mm. engineers, people who are interested in tech, who, who bring that focus of, you know, caring about not just the tech, but like how we work together. Um, and, you know, we've touched upon all that. And, and again, you know, it goes back to your point, you know, Skulkin, I'm so glad you're like a, a community manager now on MDN because, you know, I've always felt that from you. You always have had that strong sense of like, hey, we got to do this as a community. Um, the community matters. But when the when the bottom line is quarterly profits, the community doesn't matter, you know? You know, obviously, look look at the way Musk has treated Twitter. You know, it's just like the community doesn't matter at all. All that matters that is, is brutal. Yeah, you know, tech and working hard and you know feeding the 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 beast of quarterly profits. And you know that just we can't survive as a, as a you know humanity can't survive if that's the model of organizations. It's crazy. Like you know. Organizations are part of a larger thing called society, you know, in countries and, and, you know, the way we organize ourselves as, as corporations, as it matters a lot, you know, it matters a lot for society and people have to work in these kind of cold machines called corporations, you know, and I think a lot of high, you know, a lot of the big tech companies are kind of colder, you know, than, you know, some are less cold than others, but you know, they're pretty impersonal and, and can be pretty cold. Um, and I think we need more of these smaller communities where there's more warmth, you know, and more supporting each other while you're trying to make, you know, you, you need that dual focus. You know, like you gotta, you gotta get a group of people together that really care about making something of value for others. I think that should be the focus. Like, hey, let's, let's create something of real value for others. And take joy in that. And then also take joy in, we, you know, we're going to do that and, and make a living at the same time. You know, we, the goal isn't to get rich. The goal is to like put food on the table, support our families, you know, enjoy life. Um, yeah. you know, yeah, participate yeah. in society <laughs> and, and then also gives, you know, create something of value for others. And I feel like that's, that's, I think we need more of, you know, we need that in the tech world. And it, it's not easy. I, I'm not saying it's easy. You know, it's easy to, no, no, it's no. easy kind of to put our finger on it, but, but I, I feel like, you know, you've already said this better than I did Skulk, but it is, I feel like that, you know, it's too focused right now on money and people, people get into it for the wrong reason of, of, of getting rich, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it should yeah, be more yeah. on like, Hey, how can I support myself, support my colleagues, and and do good things for the customer? You know. Yeah, um, yeah, no, for sure. That's a much healthier approach. It's much, and I, I think maybe maybe we're we're at a point where where the time is right to experiment, like you said, experiment with some some new ideas, um, some yeah. new ways of working, some new. That's why I always like to when I refer to the people that use MDN, I like to refer to them as readers as opposed to users. Because I, I think that. language matters, right? Um, the well language said. we use often changes how we think of something. So if you call somebody a user, you might think of their needs differently than you might if they're a reader or a learner. 
Um, so I think language matters. So, and I think like to some extent, that's we've, really we've, well said. we've kind of done some of that at Mozilla, but then it slips again. Um, so we have to constantly remind ourselves that what we call the people that, that use our products, benefit from our products, we need to think about the language we use because it's going to mentally flip switches. That's going to make you think about the same. And I think then it's also important to see, I think that's what's kind of nice about Mozilla is this whole Mozillians thing. Um, you know, once a Mozillian, always a Mozillian. Yeah. Um, I think that, that extends that, that, that is what I'm talking about, the language that makes it feel more like it's not just a company. It's a bit more than that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's tough because sometimes there's some, the family's not that healthy and then, you know, some things happen yeah. that's not that's not also not healthy for the family. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah, it, it's interesting. I know we're running low on time, Scott. But I, I, just one more thing that thought that occurred to me, and it really, this yeah. I think it's a maybe a, a good thing to end on, or a good topic to end on is I feel like you know with with technology, you know becoming more powerful like you know artificial intelligence is is incredible what you know what that can yeah. do now um uh-huh. and the power of you know of that to solve problems is incredible um and you know dabbling in quantum computing working for that you know psych quantum for a bit i i see what's coming there and and that's incredible like that the power once you know a quantum computer is built that's usable that can solve real problems. And, and, you know, one of the biggest focuses there is really chemistry. You know, that at Psyquantum, the founders talk about, you know, quantum computing will be able to basically solve chemistry problems that are just in, absolutely impossible to solve, you know. Um, and you can actually engineer materials, you know, and that kind of thing. So there's like, there's a whole revolution coming in quantum computing. There's a, you know, we're already in the middle of a revolution with artificial intelligence. Okay, that's all, you know, we all can talk about that and see that coming. But I think everything that you and I have been talking about, you know, the community aspect and the way we organize, you know, we organize our organizations, you know, the way we create communities. That is like way that is, I think because of these developments in tech, that's even a hundred times more important now. Like if we don't get that right. This, mm-hmm. these powerful technologies of quantum computing and AI are going to be controlled by organizations that don't have a sense of community. You know, all they do care about is getting rich and, you know, enriching yeah. a few. And that mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. dangerous. Like, I, I think, I guess my point is that it's so imperative that I think humanity in, in the tech world solves this problem of, how do we organize ourselves, you know, and, and in terms of, of providing value to, to, to people and, and make a living in a way that, that, that supports the external community outside the organization as well as the internal community within the organization. I feel like if we don't do that as, as human beings, you know, this, it's da- super dangerous. Like we've got, you know, these amazing, powerful technologies coming down the road and and we don't have the organizational 
I don't know what, how would you say this, golf, but we don't have that, that kind of sense of community and how we organize ourselves yet. That hasn't kept up yeah. with it, you know? No, it hasn't. It hasn't. It hasn't. Technology's run away with us. Um, so yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think the, so the big thing that is needed is ethics, right? Yes. There's a lot of things that's not happening is ethics. And I think if you build a healthy company with a sense of community and purpose, ethics comes built in. It was Um, said. Yeah. But if those, if those core things that you just said, um, are missing, then ethics become like accessibility where it's bolted on and it doesn't really feel sincere. So I think you are 100% correct that the technology is evolving at the speed of light, but we need to step back and look at how we're, what are we doing with it um, and how are we treating each other in this process? Um, Because a lot of the technologies we've built are toxic to us as human beings and to our children and all of this. And it's simply because it's run away. Like we've, we've, we've lost touch with it and it's kind of like evolved to a point where it's out of control, but all is not lost. Um, I think yes. the fact that me and you can have a conversation about this and be in, in agreement on this means there are more people that will also feel this way and connecting all of those people will build up a momentum that can then drive a change. So, yeah. So Beautiful thanks so much, sense. Ryan for this lovely conversation. Thank you, Skulk. I, I've, I, I, I'm just energized after talking to you. I'm serious. I could just go on for like two more hours. No, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, no, it's, I was it's about so to fun say talking that. to you about this. <laughs> so we'll definitely do this again, whether it's on a podcast or just, just because. Um, but yeah, um, thanks so much. And have a lovely rest of your day. And um, all of the very, very best. Thanks so much, Skulk. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mycenae Network Podcast. If you're not already, please subscribe, store, and leave a review for us in your podcatcher of choice. This helps others find us and helps us make a better podcast for you, our listeners. You can also find and follow us on Twitter at Network Mycenaeum and join the community on Discord. All the links are available in the show notes.